y'all, what's up? It's Samaya and Olivia. And we present to you Rory Tarpley, the podcast edition. Thanks so much for tuning into our very first episode. Today, we're going to tell you all the Rory Tarpley story. That includes how we became president and vice president of our school's student government association together, how we became friends, how we then became roommates, and then how we started our podcast. In future episodes, you can expect candid conversations, vulnerability, and authenticity. A few things to keep in mind while listening. We don't have all the answers, but we can commit to asking all the right questions, or so we think we will. Everything we say is based off of the current moment we're in, the knowledge we have at this time. We acknowledge that we are still accountable for the things we say and do. With that being said, feel free to call us out. Feel free to say, you know, you may want to look at this piece of research. Have you seen this article? Have you heard this study? Have you listened to this podcast? We want to learn, we want to grow, and we're doing it in public. So extend some grace as we start this journey. If y'all could see us, we are (laughs) trying to determine who's going to start our story. And we landed on me, Olivia. (laughs) So to get us started with our story and really where the Rory Tarpley brand began, um, it started when Samaya was looking for a vice president to run with to be student body president and vice president, respectively. And because I know Samaya, I know that she was looking for a true partner in that venture, and she wanted to hear people out and hear what strengths they had and how they would complement her strengths. So she was chatting with a lot of different people in our SGA, and I had not yet chatted with her because I personally wasn't sure about that kind of, um, like holding that kind of position. I was just really unsure about it ultimately. And I think that there was one evening when Samaya came to help out with the finance committee allocations, even though she was on the legislative committee as the chair, but she took time to come and help us with our hearings. And after that, we had a really good conversation about how our passions and interests were aligned. And so from that point, we ended up having our meeting related to being president and vice president together potentially but then do you want to tell them what happened next (laughs) yeah so after that finance committee meeting and although I wasn't a part of the committee as she said when you see a need you jump in and you serve because what else are you doing as a leader like do your job (laughs) snaps to that (laughs) it's not about glamour and like getting credit it's about doing the long tedious hours of finance committee work but I digress um we had this long conversation in the cubicles and we were like we're doing it let's let's do it (laughs) and so although we had that formal interview if you will afterwards I already knew. I was like, she's the one. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> so we jumped right into campaigning. We sure did. And once we had found out the election results and started to settle into the roles, um, we, I think, we started to, like, see the friendship form. And we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about president and vice presidential stuff. If y'all want to hear a podcast episode on that, let us know. But I think that the next place to sort of jump to in terms of the evolution of our friendship is 
at the end of the year, like we had spent a lot of time together doing work things, doing non-work things. And we, I guess like sort of tying into the podcast, we took what I think is an iconic photo um, (laughs) as at the end of the year SGA banquet. And that is also our profile picture. And so we took that picture, but that was also sort of the end of the year. I mean, it was the end of the year. And so I think we both had some like question marks about what's happening next. Yeah, certainly. I thought it was the end of an era, but it was not. It was just the beginning. And here we are. So clearly it didn't end, but there was a lot of uncertainty. I was graduating and leaving UNCG. So how could we make it work? Stay tuned. And we're back. So as we mentioned, we were a bit uncertain about what would happen in regards to our friendship at the end of our presidency together. So there was a lot going on. I graduated, and while I was super excited and proud and overwhelmed with gratitude and just living with the surrealness of it all, like, it felt too good to be true, and I was getting a lot of black girl magic, and oh my god, you did it, three years, no way, you're gonna be president one day, like, you're amazing, yada, 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 but deep down inside, I was so scared about what was to come, and that was me moving to D.C. to intern for the youngest black woman ever elected to Congress. That was Congresswoman Lauren Underwood. It was the start of something new entirely, and there was part of me that regretted graduating in three years. Sort of while those things were happening, like as Samaya was prepping to transition and move to DC, I had gone to study abroad in South Africa. And I think I came back from that experience with a lot of questions then about what to do post-graduation. Thankfully, I still had um, my last year to figure it out. But a highlight coming back from the trip was that I knew Samaya was going to be in Greensboro Uh, right at the 1st of August. And I'd just gotten back from my trip abroad and she was getting ready to move to DC. And we grabbed lunch with a couple of our friends. And then Samaya and I went to Maxi B's. If you're a Greensboro local, you know they have amazing cupcakes. And we had a really great talk about the transition that Samaya was about to make, but also some of the uncertainties that I had related to what I was going to do post-graduation. And I think for both of us, because that was the first time we'd seen each other since you graduated. Yeah. And so it had been a while. And (laughs) I think that we were both reaffirmed, reassured, and ultimately confident in our friendship with one another. And that moment we... I remember like shortly before it was time for her to hit the road. I was like, are you coming to homecoming? For those of you that may not go to UNCG, homecoming was in October. So we were going to have to wait a couple more months. But I was like, are you coming to homecoming? And you said, yes, I will be there. Come October, I ventured back down to Greensboro and we had so much fun. And I was like, you know what? For one weekend, I just want to be Samaya, not President Samaya, like, just Samaya and Olivia was just Olivia and we had so much fun and at the end of homecoming I was like all right we got to do it again because 
I'm the kind of person, I'm like, I need to know the next date so I can leave. <laughs> and so we plan to venture to D.C. together at the conclusion of Thanksgiving break. So UNCG was playing Georgetown, and we beat them. But Corin and Olivia came up to visit me in D.C. And so it was such a treat to show them what I'd been living for a couple of months. I was living with seven other girls in a D.C. row house working on the Hill in the middle of impeachment. It was a time, and I wanted to show them, like, a little sneak peek into my world, and so that was great. So following the trip to D.C. with Corn and Samaya, it was time to do finals and have holidays and all that great stuff that happens at the end of the year. And at that time, I had come to the decision that I was going to apply to graduate schools to study higher education and education policy. So I applied to four different places and I got into three out of four, which was very reassuring, especially after having a lot of questions about, am I even doing the right thing? What does one do after they graduate from college? Because as I'm sure plenty of you know, that is a very scary thought and something that maybe never goes away. Um, Yeah, those kinds of things stick with you. So I had applied and gotten into a few places, but one was in New York and two were in DC. So it was really hard to determine what I was going to do without visiting. And I had made plans to visit and was very excited. And so I texted Samaya at one point and said, hey, I think I'm gonna be in DC. And um, at the time, she was like, oh, of course, great. Like, so glad to hear. And what I was really asking is, hey, can I stay with you for free? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Samai was, of course, going to be willing. Um, And so really, this takes us up to the pandemic. Um, But just to fill you all in on what was happening in Samaya's life while I was going through the grad school ringer, um, do you want to tell them? Yeah, so we talked about how I was interning on the Hill in the midst of impeachment. That was one crisis within itself, but I was also going through another crisis of the fact that I accepted a fellowship that lasted through the end of the year, and then I was going to be jobless and a graduate, and like, what do I do? There's all this pressure on me to have it all figured out and all planned, so... While I was going through this fellowship, I was actively applying to jobs on the Hill to stay there, and I said some prayers, I had the faith, and I said, you know what, God's going to work it out for me, and I'm going to be able to stay in D.C., but Mm -hmm. (laughs) y'all, it was not looking like I was going to be staying in D.C. When I say I submitted at least five applications a day, I am not exaggerating. I remember I wasn't the only one. Thankfully, I was able to go through this process with a lot of the other girls in the program that were also job seeking. But a difference between me and them, and it's not anything negative, but Samaya hates networking. And Samaya understands that it's a part of life and it's quote unquote necessary. But especially in the political arena, I never want to feel indebted to anyone 
And I always want to do things that are authentic. And some people are just better at networking. It's something that I struggle at if it's not organic and it's not authentic. So I wasn't scheduling coffees. I wasn't cold emailing people. I wasn't just asking random people that I just met what they could do for me because it didn't feel right. And so in a way, it looked like I would never get an opportunity because I weren't doing those kinds of things. But if you're listening to me and you're that kind of person, I just want to encourage you that the perfect opportunity will come by your hard work and your integrity and the effort you put into your job, because that's exactly what happened to me. Someone in the actual office I was interning in acknowledged my hard work that I'd been putting in. They were like, let's grab a coffee. And I was like, what? I'm getting asked a coffee. I'm not the one asking to coffee. And so they're like, what do you want to do? And I told them, I like, I want to stay on the Hill. I want to do this. I was like, I'm applying to be a staff assistant. And they're like, oh, you should apply for more. But in my head, I wasn't qualified for more. I'd been on the Hill for two months, y'all, like two. Mm -hmm. And for everything you're applying for, you need at least one to two years of experience. But I applied to something that required a little bit more experience. And I landed me a job that I was not qualified for. And I was going to be staying in DC. And that led to another question. How am I going to find a place to stay in this expensive city? Thankfully, another girl in the program was also looking for a roommate. So we moved in together and we just signed our lease in January. Okay, before we keep going, I have to tell you something, and it's good, I promise. I just have never told you before, but in hearing you talk about the internship with Running Start and then getting your job, I'm really proud of you and the way that you stuck with your instincts and you did your work and you did it to the best of your ability, which none of us are surprised, but like you did that. And of course they came to ask you for coffee because you were doing amazing work. And yes, anyone that's listening that doesn't like networking, Samaya doesn't like it. I'm not the biggest fan either. But when you do what you set out to do and you set your mind to something like Samaya did, you won't go wrong. You just need to know that. You needed to hear that. You did everything right as far as like from grad to internship with Running Start to then getting your job. You did it all right. Holding back tears. <laughs> um, thank you. Wow. Yes. That means a lot. <laughs> yeah. Of course. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Literally, you are welcome and you deserve it. It's from the heart, truly. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't even... I'm disoriented. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to throw... Our groove off. Um, that's an Emperor's New Groove reference for caught it. <laughs> um, no, okay, but seriously, so I wanted to stay with you for my grad school oh, visit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you had found a place to live, question mark? Yeah, so that was a journey because <laughs> you gotta have some money to live. Okay, well, when I look for an apartment, I look for a lot for a little. <laughs> So if the kitchen's not looking right, I don't want it. Like, if it's old looking, I know it's character and charm, but no, I do not want it. I want new. (laughs) If it's not close to a metro, I don't want it. So it was challenging looking for a place that we found a place and we moved in right after the new year and 
We'd been living there for two months. And yep. then <laughs> coronavirus. I <laughs> didn't see this coming, but mm-hmm. we, I, mostly I was put in a tough situation beyond our my control, beyond my roommate's control. Coronavirus impacted a lot of jobs and thus, you know, impacting finances. And so I was going to be looking for a potential new roommate, which was not what I signed a lease for, or be paying a whole rent, which no, I could not afford. So I was overwhelmed. I was stressed. I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, how is this going to work? I was like, I'm going to get a studio by myself. Even those are expensive. I mean, not even a bedroom. Like, a studio is expensive here. So, I didn't know what I was doing. But one thing I did know is that I was packing up my belongings and heading home to North Carolina with my mom and dad to ride out the coronavirus wave. And LOL, because I thought I was going to, like, buckle down there and, like, ride out quarantine and come back and life would be normal but we are still in quarantine y'all and it is months later but I digress I didn't know that at the time I thought I was gonna go be a baby and let my parents help me figure out this crisis in my life and I'll let Olivia tell you what happened next yes so before we get into what happened next on the pandemic note don't forget to wear your mask it's still happening It's not over because you're over it. Get your flu shot. Go get tested if you need to go get tested. Please take care of yourself. Okay, great. Now that we got that little bit out of the way related to pandemic safety, um, all the while I had no idea that Samaya was having these worries related to roommates and I had checked texted her to check in on her when I knew that our university was going to be going completely remote. And I will also say, backing up a little bit, this was a very strange sequence of events for me. So I had been slowly getting grad school acceptances. And one of the ones was in DC, like I mentioned earlier. And I was thinking really hard about this one and hadn't made a decision yet, but went on spring break, and that's right before coronavirus was starting to become more prevalent on the East Coast, and so I had a spring break trip with a couple of friends that was super fun, and after that, I came back, and I was supposed to then leave to go on a trip to New York with my mom to visit one of the grad schools, But that ultimately got canceled because of the pandemic, and everyone was super worried, rightfully so, as we should have been. So that all took place. And then if you fast forward a little bit, we're all online now, and I'm trying to figure out what grad program am I going to go to, which is a hard enough decision by itself. But if you add on a pandemic and you haven't seen the institutions that you applied to, it's it's just crazy, y'all. I, I don't think that I'd recommend it to anyone, but at the same time, everything worked out for the best. So 
what I ended up doing was like I signed up for all the webinars that the schools could offer or had to offer. And one of the institutions had an admitted students day on Zoom. And so I attended that. And from that moment, I was like, I'm totally resolved that I'm going to go to American. And American University is in Washington, D.C. And so shortly after I made that decision, it was actually like I accepted in the morning time and then in the afternoon, I would think it was a Thursday also. I don't know why I remember that, but I told my parents, you know, I think that um, Samaya might be looking for a roommate. I think her like old roommate had to move out and they said, well, why don't you text her? I said, well, yeah, of course. Why don't I? <laughs> and so I texted you and I said, hey, so do you need a roommate? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> So um, I was still back home in North Carolina when I received this text, and my mom screamed out louder than me because, <laughs> for those of you who know, Mama Rory, oh my gosh, best friend, but she cares about some Samaya Rory, and she was just as stressed, but also prayerful and faithful in a way that I couldn't be at the time. Shout out to Christian Mamas because... I was just straight up worried, like, she was doing the praying and having the faith because at that moment, I was not able. And I was like, Mom, you will not believe Olivia wants to live with me. Like, she asked me. <laughs> and she was like, look at God. <laughs> look at God. Yeah. And I was like, wow. And Olivia made a Google sheet that said Rory Tarpley, the roommate edition. So that launched the next phase of Rory Tarpley. Yes, it sure did. So to find our apartments, and if y'all want to hear more about finding an apartment in D.C., I feel like the Sparknotes version is sign up for some sort of website that will take your interest into account and then match you with apartments. And so we ended up right where we needed to be. I agree. And whew, I was relieved that it was over. But me being me, I was like, okay, next phase, Rory Tarpley, the interior decorators edition. <laughs> so I <Yeah>. went into... <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I went into full, like, what are we going to do with the place mode? Because, again, I emphasized in the beginning that it looking cute was important to me. And so I had several Pinterest boards for every room of our house. <laughs> and we were making a list of the items we did have, the items we didn't have, and starting to buy things slowly but surely. And I spent my time on that process. And I'm very proud of how my room turned out. I did it on a budget in... I painted a lot of canvases. I got a lot of things on sale. I made a lot of stuff. Like, just really had fun with that process. So, to move to DC I packed up my dad's truck and I also drove my car 
here. I had two whole vehicles packed to the T. If you know me, then that comes no surprise. Like, I was known in college for being so extra and having it decorated. Like, I was going to live there for forever. But, of course, me being right on brand, I did that here as well. So, shout out to my mom and dad for being the best movers and financial support ever. Yes. Wow. I'm a piece of work. But, yeah, Olivia was doing all the things, too, on her end. Yes. I will say... Samaya might have had two cars, but I had a U-Haul truck. (laughs) Granted, that included, like, a couch and our chairs, and, like, that made sense. Like, things that you don't really fit in a car. So, (laughs) it was fine, I guess. Um, I don't know, where are you from? I've seen a couch on top of a truck before. On top of a car, You never know what you're going to see. Fair. Yeah, so we have – my family brought that U-Haul up here, and um, we had to park it at the metro station. (laughs) We had to park it at the metro station because, bless our apartment, but good Lord, they said no parking on the premises, and the truck wouldn't fit in the – parking deck so it's just because the clearance was low that's really the only reason (laughs) it's the pros and cons of actually living in a luxury apartment building when they make you do the things that require it to be luxury like what an inconvenience like I cannot believe right and so we had to park the U-Haul up by the metro station and a couple of my family members checked the U-Haul throughout the night (laughs) and we resolved that the U-Haul was more important than my things because we were (laughs) renting that thing we had to make sure that everything was good to go so that was really like the extent of our moving journey um (laughs) but the interior design bit I think it was super important so the interior design addition was very important and I think that it's paid off a lot because I at least, not speaking for both of us, but, like, I at least feel very comfortable in the film. Oh, yeah. And I agree. Yeah. So, spend your time on your space because it's important. It is. Especially when you're, or should be, inside. Yes. Riding out this coronavirus pandemic. But, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, being in this space, I remember when we were still kind of new to the space, And it was our first Saturday in D.C. together, and we went for a walk in the morning. We went to Trader Joe's. We went to walk through Eastern Market. We went to Capitol Hill, the bookstore, and we went to Target. We went to the dollar store. We went to Ross. We just did all the things to get all the items, and we said we'd come back and do a craft project. In our heads, it was going to be like (laughs) one or two hours. It was was supposed to be short. (laughs) But (laughs) y'all, it took forever. But it is one of the main focal points when you Mm -hmm. walk into our place. I just turn around and look at it um, now. And it it looks great. We were inspired by Pinterest, but ultimately you put our own spin on it. Mm -hmm. Um, Olivia got the nails and the hammer. She was our handy woman. (laughs) No man's over here. That's right. That's right. And she got this place looking good and 
we each chipped in in our own little unique way and like the space reflects us and it has our own touch because we literally made it so <laughs> despite it taking forever <laughs> that was fun yes so Maya and I are convinced that the day that we painted those canvases that we're talking about that day had 30 hours <laughs> not 24 yes. and the extra six were spent on those canvases. Oh, yeah. And I felt every minute of that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my Gosh. word. Well, this really brings us to the podcast. Yeah. And thank you all for sticking with the whole story. We hope that you've enjoyed it all so far. Um, but now we, I think we want to talk about why the podcast as the next installment of the Rory Tarpley story. Yeah, so what's the story behind it, Olivia? Anthony. (laughs) That is the story. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's funny, but it's crazy, too, because it's like, it was literally one conversation. He mentioned it to me, and I told Olivia about it, and we were, I remember, I was sitting in the same exact spot, actually. You were, yeah. And Olivia was over in the kitchen, washing the dishes, and I was like, Anthony mentioned we should start a podcast. And she's like, huh. And I started explaining a little bit more. And to rewind, um, I clued Anthony in on a conversation that we had about kind of feeling afraid to say certain things in certain spaces because, I mean, you should be politically correct and you should be thoughtful in what you say. But also there are some actually mean people out there who don't extend grace and who just want to be trending for a day they want their tweets to go viral they want to you know have some internet friends but it makes it very difficult to feel comfortable putting your thoughts and ideas out there Mm -hmm. but leaning into the fact that when the world tells you to shrink you should expand wow (laughs) will you say it again yes (laughs) when the world tells you to shrink to expand and those are not my words shout out to elaine walter roth but in her book, More Than Enough, I've clung on to that because when you're student body president and vice president, you're in a spotlight, it's a lot of pressure, you're on a pedestal in a way, you have a lot of influence, and when you leave those positions, you kind of just want it to be over, but it's a beauty of it not just being over. You are forever those people who are in those positions, and you have extra sets of eyes on you now, and so How will you will that power? How will you will that influence? And in the middle of a pandemic, ahead of a super important election, and ultimately just being young girls in our 20s that have something to offer, we're going to lean into the fact that we have some stories to share. We have some stories to tell, and we're going to tell them in our own unique way. And it could be cool, and it could be great. And here we are. (laughs) We did it. Yeah, so I think that something that... When you brought up the idea of like starting a podcast and we had the conversation about being politically correct and especially on social media right now, like we said, it is important, but it can maybe be a deterrent if people are wanting to post things and to share how they're feeling or what their thoughts are. And so I've been listening to this podcast by Brene Brown. It's called Unlocking Us. And for those of you that know or don't know, um, just some brief background, Brene Brown is 
a researcher and she studies like shame and vulnerability. So she does a lot of really great work. And one of her most recent endeavors is a podcast, sort of like us, except hers started before ours did, just a, <laughs> a note. Um, so I started listening to it and Brene Brown's um, research on vulnerability <clears throat> excuse me, really means a lot to me because vulnerability is something that I struggle with. I think really a lot of young women struggle with, especially in the world that we live in today with social media images and trying to keep up what we think is expected of us. Um, if you're a young woman listening, I don't have to explain this to you. I'm sure you know. If you're another young individual listening and you want us to explain this to you, we'd be happy to talk more about it sometime. But like I was saying, Brene Brown talks a lot about vulnerability. And so Samaya presented the idea and I said, you know what, this could be a really great opportunity to be vulnerable with people and to grow and learn more about ourselves. And I, in, I think probably true Olivia fashion, looked up some articles on like what does it mean to start a podcast? And the reviews were all really great. Like there are a lot of things that you can get out of starting a podcast that are in addition to creating a virtual community. And so I think props to Brene Brown for the vulnerability bit. And especially her first podcast is about effing first times. So she calls them FFTs. And Starting something and being new at something, doing something for the first time is really hard, but you grow when you're in that uncomfortable position. And I think that we've done a lot of growing just with this first podcast, so I'm excited to see where it goes next. We cannot begin the podcast without sharing who we are and how we got here. Our upcoming episodes will include topics ranging from more about life in DC, what it means to be a young woman, the complexity of friendships, social issues, and literally anything else you want to hear about. So just let us know. To bring this podcast to an end, we will answer five rapid-fire questions. You're up first, Olivia. You ready? All right, let's do it. Describe yourself in three words. Intentional, brave, vivacious. Yes. What's your favorite song you're listening to right now? It's All Right by Motel 7. Not six? Not six. <laughs> <laughs> what are you most looking forward to post-pandemic? Going to Old Town in Greensboro. What's your favorite meal that we've made? There are lots to pick from, but barbecue chicken with mac and cheese bites. What's a quote you want to leave everyone with? Okay, Brene Brown, for the last time, this podcast at least. Um, one of her quotes is, You are imperfect. You are wired for struggle but you are worthy of love and belonging. Brene Brown. All right. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Describe yourself in three words. Powerful, deliberate, mm -hmm. determined. Great. Those are <laughs> all perfect words for you. Um, what is your favorite song that you're listening to right now? I cannot stop listening to Unconditional Love by Dequatia. Please go stream it. What are you most looking forward to post-pandemic? Going to a restaurant, eating inside without a mask, without fearing for your life. Yes. Yeah, I felt that. Um, what is your favorite meal that we've made? Probably when we made 
extravagant chicken fried rice. We bought the bag from Trader Joe's, but then we added extra chicken and we added lots of other veggies to it. That was really yummy. It surely was. And last but not least, what is a quote that you want to leave people with? If I didn't define myself for myself, I would be crunched into other people's fantasies for me and eaten alive. Audrey Lord. Good one. Yes. And that's Rory Tarpley, the podcast edition. I'm Samaya. I'm Olivia. We're back October 1st. In the meantime, make sure you follow us on social media at Rory Tarpley. Like, comment, share, and subscribe. But most importantly, please let us know your thoughts. Bye. Bye, y'all.